Hello, and welcome back to the Cave Escape. I'm Caleb Groves. And I'm Ashton Goolsby. And we're back this week. It is totally not the same day that we recorded the last episode. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I'm just clarifying because some people kind of get suspicious, you know? <laughs> um, we're back to talk about the Nicene Creed because we didn't talk about it very much last time. We talked Last week we talked about the history uh, some of the heresies that they were having to deal with, why they brought the council together, what they dealt with at the council, uh, some of the the main the key players during that time. Uh, we talked about Arian, I mean Arius, who developed Arianism, which was the heresy that Christ was made and like begotten and began existing before time. So there was a time at which Christ was not, and then God begot him beget begot him and so he's not co-eternal with the father is essentially what that heresy was yeah he's not co-eternal with the father and he's of a distinct yet similar substance with the father so he's also yep. not i forget what the fancy greek word is something usia because usia means substance um but he's not of the same substance with the father either and so but they didn't deny his that he was god i think or maybe they said that he wasn't a that he wasn't deity because God alone is deity, but he was divine. He was still like of God. Yeah, that was that was the part I think we were we were a little confused on exactly right. what it was they believed. But the gist of it was they said he's different than the Father. The Father is real God and he's kind of something different. Yes. Yeah. And then Athanasius would have been his rival. Rival. I was gonna say nemesis, but nemesis wasn't the right <laughs> word. Uh, his the guy who opposed him. There's definitely a very specific word that could be used there, and I'm really upset that I can't think of it right now. Um, his opponent, right? That's Probably good. Yeah. Um, anyway, he was the one that kind of argued with him, and he basically just fought Arianism until his death, because they didn't actually really solve it at the Council of Nicaea, because Arius and his buddies were like, "Nah, we're not gonna sign this," and they left yeah. and kind of kept doing their own thing, and they were kind of uh ex- I don't know if they were officially excommunicated or not. I don't know if they had a system for that yet. Yeah, we didn't actually dig into that part. Yeah, we didn't. But, anyway, so we talked about that and we like kind of started talking about it. We're going to try and walk through the whole creed over this episode probably at least one, maybe two more episodes. Yeah. Uh it kind of depends on how long we take to walk through everything. Uh but we're just going to walk through it, discuss it, try and understand it better. Yeah, and last time we got we got right, to the got little, little section bit. on the father. Yeah. The main focus of it, like we said last time, though, was on the son. Yes. That's really what they were trying to yes, solidify. because of Arianism. Yeah. So the father, like, we understand the father from the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit is also there. We're going to mention him, too. But the real thing we want to address here in this big middle section is, who is Christ? What did he do? What is he doing? What will he do? Mm-hmm. And so that's the main part of the creed. Yeah. Yeah. So to begin, I'll go ahead and read it. Uh, we'll read the whole thing. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man, 
and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits on the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge the quick and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and his Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. So do we want to kind of finish the section on the Father, since we didn't touch on the maker of heaven and earth and all of that? Or do we want to just jump into the Son? Well, I guess we can talk about that. Okay. And cool. that again calls back to Genesis. Right. Saying this is the God who created all things. Yes. So not just, oh, there's a God. I mean, like, yeah, the Greeks and Romans had... There's Zeus, who's the king of the gods, but Zeus didn't even make the heavens and the earth. That mm-hmm. was before the beginning of time. There was the the heaven and the earth, and then they had a union, and from them sprung the Titans, and then right. the Titans intermarried, had kids, and then Cronus, uh, yep. his youngest son, Zeus, rose up, overthrew him, yep. and threw all the Titans into Tartarus, except uh, one of them. There was one of his uncles that was actually friendly with him. I can't remember who. I think it was Prometheus. Yep. We're getting off topic. <laughs> the, the, point, the point is, they're saying this is, this is the God from the Old Testament. He created heaven and earth. Yep. All, all things that we can see, all things that we can't see. Mm-hmm. This is that God. This is who yeah. we're talking about. God mm-hmm. the Father made all of these yeah. things. And I think it's super interesting... And good, like the that they include of all things visible and invisible. Yeah. That it's not like God is just a member of this spiritual world who then made the physical world, mm. but he's like from this other world. Yeah. Like he created that other world as well. Like God was the only thing. Yeah. I would. I almost said before, but you can't really say before because he created time. Yeah. So he he existed eternally, and he created both the spiritual world and the physical world. He created time. He created all those things. Yes. Yeah. That also, and I don't know if, I mean, I'm sure it was intentional to some degree, but there's also the level of um, what's it, Gnosticism that's being denied in this. Oh, so yeah. Gnosticism, and help me out because I'm drawing a blank, Gnosticism is the idea that the flesh is bad. I'm flesh, pretty sure Material that's things right. is yeah. bad. Spiritual is good. Uh, that sounds right. But it's saying he's the God who made the physical world that we can see mm-hmm. and the immaterial world. So he's a God of both of these things. Yep. Whereas the Gnostics would want to say, well, spiritual good, physical right. bad, God wouldn't want to well, have so also, to do what's with that. Well, so also, you didn't really, I think, say it as explicitly as you maybe were thinking it, but that God created what is visible, therefore it is good. Yeah, yeah, calling back so to it's, Genesis. So he created the visible yeah. and the invisible, therefore we shouldn't say that yeah. the physical things are evil and that the spiritual things are the only things that are good. Yes, 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 that, that that's what that. I was trying to say. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um. So yeah, calling calling to mind Genesis in the beginning. This mm-hmm. is the God of whom we are speaking. God the yes. Father is the one who created in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then we know from John, the opening, Christ is the word by which things were created. But uh, they don't talk about that here. We'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is. And at first, just looking at this section, it could be confusing, and it may sound like they're saying that the Father is the one God. Yeah. By himself. 
I believe in one God. You could almost even add in who is the Father Almighty, but that's but that who is is not in there. Yeah, and so I think that probably is not in there because that would make it less clear. But like God the Father is one God is the one God that we believe in. Well, I think it's listing things. I basically saying I believe in oh, one. I believe right. in one God, and then there's a comma right. which wouldn't have been in Latin. Yeah, because I didn't have them then. Yep. But I believe in one God. So your statement is basically, I'm, I believe in one God. Right. Then it seems to break down the Father Almighty. We're defining God now. Mm-hmm. There's the Father Almighty, and this yeah. is who he is. He's the maker of heaven and earth and of all things visible right. and invisible. And yeah, it has in Jesus and. Christ, only, his only son, our Lord. Yeah. And then, and then it, it breaks him. down who is the that son. That makes so much sense. I feel really dumb for not saying that. So I think so what it's like, saying I is, believe in one God, the Father Almighty, and in one Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe in the Holy Spirit. Yes. And I believe in the Holy Catholic Church. Yes. Okay. And then that makes so they're listing sense. these things, and then they stop and they parse out what is yes. this? What did this person do? Mm-hmm. And then they move on. I believe in the Son. What did the Son do? Right. I believe in the Holy Spirit. And then they list off. Yeah. Each each other things member the of the end. Trinity gets one sentence. Yeah. There's just tons of colons or semicolons. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That makes a lot of sense. So do we want to move on down to the sun? Yes. So the sun, as we have said many times, gets the longest section. Yeah. So there's a lot to go in here. Mm-hmm. Also because it deals with the hypostatic union, which yes. is super weird. Yes. So again, the Trinity is something we can't really fully understand. Yep. But we can we can look in Scripture and we can see that it, it exists this way. And even to an extent in the natural world, it makes sense, this idea of, Something being one and many, we kind of see echoes of it, yeah. which we could go into at some other point. Yeah, um, that could be so a cool episode. We can see that it it must exist because Scripture tells us that it does. Mm-hmm. But how it works, our itty bitty finite brains cannot comprehend yep. completely. Yeah, we can get a brief glimpse of this exists. I can't understand it. Yeah, like a lot of science experiments, we've never seen an atom. Yet we just must deduce that it Actually, exists. Actually, we have seen an atom now. Oh, well, my information is dated. <laughs> <laughs> but even before we'd seen it, we believed that they existed. Oh, yeah. We, we predicted had... them before we even had evidence of them. Yeah. So similar kind of thing here. Yeah. Where it's like we can, we can see this must be here, and we can say certain things about the Trinity Yeah. without fully being able to see it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I spent literally... A whole my whole senior year theology class for the whole school year. We just talked about the Trinity in sections. And I still don't even really understand it. <laughs> yep. Yep. So Welcome to the rest of your life. Yeah. Okay. Anyone Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all worlds. So he's outside of time. Yep. He's begotten before the world began. He was there in the beginning, which goes well, back. That Arians wouldn't have denied that. Hmm? Arians would not have denied that statement right there. True. Because they would still say that he was begotten and created before creation. But then it also. Or they, I don't, actually, I don't even know if they would say he was created. That might have been a different thing. The it, One of the things we read, it said that they would have said he was the first of created beings was a statement that they made. Yeah, but that sounds super wrong to me. That. That just kind of sounds like that's not like maybe an oversimplification. 
Because I, I don't think that they would have said... I, I think that saying that Christ was a created being is something else. I don't know. I'll have to look into that more. I do know people say that, though. Yeah, Jehovah's Witnesses say that, I think. They do, yeah. Uh, I can't remember if Mormons say that or not. Um, I don't but know it, either. At any rate, it does... It debunks that right here by stating... Um, if we go down, um, it says, Begotten, not made, being yes. of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made. Yes. So he's the same substance as the Father who made all things. Mm-hmm. So and by him all things were made. Yes. Therefore, if all things were made by him, he can't be a thing that was made. Yes. Just like John tells us in John 1, in the beginning was the Word, yep. and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was nothing made that was made. Yes. So... Christ is this word through which came everything. Mm. So he's the means by which creation happened. How could he have been created at some point? Exactly. Can't. So it's very quickly establishing he is the same as the Father. He was begotten, but he was not created, which is crazy because to beget, like, we were both begotten of our parents. Right. Which means at some point in time we began to exist. Yes. I believe the way I heard, I've heard people state this about Christ is that he is eternally begotten of the Father in the sense of yes. the Father is always begetting yeah. him. Yes. Which is crazy, and I don't understand it completely. Yeah. Well, because it doesn't mean beget in the way that we use beget yeah. about humans. Like he proceeds from him. Yeah. He like comes out from yeah, him kind of eternally. Yeah. I think it also has to do, like I said, I think I said this last time, uh, has something to do with him being of the same substance. Sort of like how when we have kids, they're of the same substance as us. Mm. And so I think it I think that's also related. Yeah, yeah. We talked about this like almost a year ago in my theology class, so I don't remember this part. We talked about Jesus first. So it's the that's actually the least helpful for this. <laughs> but I think I think I want to say that that was part of it. Yeah. You better hope your professor's not listening to this. Yeah, I don't think he is. He's too busy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I wish I wish we could talk more about what begotten actually means in this context. I don't feel qualified but, to do. Yeah, I know. I'm just. I'm saying. I we wish need, that we like had yeah. more understanding of it. We need to dig more. If you have more information and places to point us, please let us know. Yes. Because this is something that I don't understand completely. I mean, obviously, but uh, I'm trying to look. I've got a book on the shelf, The Person of Christ. Oh yeah. Should probably look in that. I bet there's something there. That's I haven't read that good. in like six years. Yeah, I haven't read that one. <laughs> Anyway, I guess we're good on that sentence or that phrase. Uh, claw- what would you call that? Clause, maybe. Okay, clause. Um, then it moves on to talking about the means of salvation, kind of. Who for what? us men and for our salvation came down from heaven. Oh, yeah, I realized. Uh, oh, we, we skipped the God of God, light of light. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty interesting. I don't really know what that means. God. So, like, is God of God... Like does that is that mean does that mean that he is God and he is of God? Because it, it doesn't it wouldn't make sense if he, it meant that he was God of God like he was yeah, the oh, God yeah. of God, like he was God's God. I don't think it would be a possessive of right. Yeah, I'm trying to think, remember what the Latin is. Um, Deum de Deo. Do you have this memorized in Latin? Maybe, <laughs> bro. <laughs> um. It's, it's Deum de Deo, so God from God. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. So it so is. I think that's what it. So it is. Okay, yeah. 
lumen de lumine, light from light. So I think it's the sense of, I think, being of the same substance. Yeah. And the, still, it seems to me still have that idea of proceeding from. Yes. So it's not like a possessive of where we would say yeah. like this is. Yeah, it's not possessive of. Yeah. It's the idea of he's made he of this. from. Yeah, he comes. Yeah, he's yeah. of this category. That's weird he's that they wouldn't have translated it God. from. I think some translations do. God from God, light from light. Maybe. I feel like I've heard somebody translate I mean, that. that would make way. way more sense. Anyway, that's I mean, interesting. It also makes sense this way as well. Yeah. It's just, I feel like it's a little bit, you could be nitpicky yeah. and make it confusing. Yeah. Uh, the advantages of knowing the Latin. Yes, exactly. Which is why, again, it helps to know Greek and Hebrew if you're going to study. If you're really going to study, I mean, I don't know yeah. Hebrew and I my Greek is not the best, but... To study the language that something came from is really important. Yes. And hopefully we'll do more stuff on languages at some point because I really yep. like talk, talking about language. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Philologist over here. Uh, wannabe. <laughs> uh, what do you, what's the difference between very God of very God and God of God? Is, are they just being emphatic? I don't know. I'm trying to remember. Deum, de deum, lumen, de lumine. Deum, verum, de deum, vero. I think it's true God of true God. Okay, so they're just kind of like emphasizing it more. I guess. I don't know. That is interesting. I've I've actually wondered that before, but yeah. it's been a while since I've thought about it. I've always just kind of assumed it was like a an emphasis I, kind of. I a think thing. that's what it is. That's okay. what I would read it as. Okay, gotcha. Cool. Um. Okay, yeah, so we did begotten. I made yeah. that part. Who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man. Mm-hmm. So even though they weren't specifically talking about the Christ being man part yet for several more years till Chalcedon, they still hear say he became man. He came down to earth. He was incarnate. Incarnate means in flesh. Mm-hmm. He became flesh. He was... Cons- uh, by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary. So, still this idea of the virgin birth. Mary became pregnant through the Holy Spirit. He, so, he, his, he does not have an earthly father. His father is God. Yes. Yeah. Um, but he became man. And then mm-hmm. it restates what he did for us. He was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried... And on the third day, he rose again, according to the scriptures. And I'm trying to remember, I don't know if, the Apostles' Creed reads very similarly. Mm-hmm. But does it say according to the scriptures? Uh, I don't I don't think so. No, yeah, he descended into hell the third day, he rose again from the dead, and descended into heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it skips that. But this call here even to, like, this is specifically what he did for us. He came, he was born, he suffered, he died, he was buried... And then he rose again. Yeah. Those that's how we're saved. If he didn't rise again, then the salvation wasn't complete. Yep. So they go through all of the things that he must have done for us that scripture tells us he did, and then it tells us according to the scriptures. Right. Which I read I mean, I read it as saying scripture tells us he did these things, but also scripture told us that he was going right. to do that's these things. That's actually how I've always interpreted yeah. that. Because that's what I mean, like, because he uses that. Mm-hmm. He'll be like this thing is happening according to the scriptures. 
Like yeah. that, that phrase is used in the New Testament to refer to the Old Testament. Yeah, that the scriptures might be fulfilled. Yeah, right. So it's wow. not just saying Christ is doing this thing, and we, or we he's done this thing, and we know this because the scripture tells us he's done it. Yeah. It's saying the scriptures also tell us that these were the things that Christ w- was to do when he showed up. Right. That's and super interesting. And he's done these things. I have never thought of that re- being referring to the gospel accounts. That's kind of weird that I never thought about it like that. <laughs> So I think it's I think it's telling us both. Yeah, I mean I think so too. I that would want to do more sense. research on that and see what other smarter people than me have said. Right. But that's how I read that. Yeah, and I think also going back up, um, like we kind of skipped over it a little bit, but I think it's super totally insane that he did all that for us men and for our salvation. Mm-hmm. Like this God that we just described. Very God of very God, maker of all things, visible and invisible, came down from heaven for us men and for our salvation. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. We, we would call that an act of, which is, again, is another way that we usually have a negative connotation with, the act, an act of condescension to us. Right, yeah. That he descended to our level, mm-hmm. which we a lot of times... When we say somebody's being condescending, we're like, uh, you're just belittling me. Right. Because we kind of assume that they're, they're doing... assuming that we're at a lower level. Yeah. We are actually at a lower level than God. Right. Yeah, he was willing, as far above us as he is, to come down to our level and become one of us. Yeah. And I think sometimes we just get too comfortable with that and we forget what that actually means. Yeah. The God and creator of the universe became one of us. Mm-hmm. And not only that, as humiliating as that is, again, and the word that we usually associate with uh, negative connotations, mm-hmm. humiliating just means like you, you've you lowered yourself. Yeah. But then he lowered himself even more to die and to be buried under the earth. Yeah. And as the Apostles' Creed tells us, descended to hell. Mm-hmm. He did all these things, but then he rose again. And we'll get into later. He promises to come back and take us with him. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And I think sometimes we just forget, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, because we grow up hearing yeah. stories about Jesus turning water into wine and stuff. And it's like, yeah, here's this cool dude. He's also God. And, like, we learn that. Yeah. But, like. And we're comfortable with Christmas and then Easter. Yeah. And all that stuff. And we're like, yeah, we hear it every year. But literally, this is, like, the actual infinite God who made literally all of reality. He made us. Yeah. And then he's coming down, he's condescending to our to our level. He's becoming mm, I almost said so many wrong things. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh but like becoming human. Human mm-hmm. is so far below being God. And he like restricts himself to this human body. Mm-hmm. And he suffered everything that humans suffer. But even like you said earlier, God is outside of time. Right. He he existed That's before time existed. Thing. He then took physical form in a temporal yeah, setting. Yeah, like he stepped into time. Yeah, at a specific point. It was here for an endurance of time. Yeah. But then also... That makes no sense. The crazy thing is not like he came, he was man for a while, he suffered, died, and he rose again, and he went back to being spiritual again. Mm-hmm. He's still has his body because when right. he comes back from the dead 
and uh, Thomas won't won't believe him. And so he says, until I can see the the holes in his hands and put my finger in his side, I won't believe. And Jesus shows up and says, look, the holes in my hands. Here, feel the hole in my side. Mm-hmm. He's, he still has his physical body, and he still has the scars from his crucifixion on it. Well, that that account doesn't necessarily indicate that he currently still has his body, right? I'm not I saying I does. disagree with that, but I mean, like, he was still on Earth. Like, that doesn't indicate he that was, he has the physical body after his ascension. After his so. resurrection, he did. Yeah, after and his resurrection. And then he was taken physically, than, he was taken physically up before them into heaven as well. Yeah, but he didn't have a physical entrance into heaven because heaven is not a physical place. I'm not disagreeing. We can get into that later. Yeah, that's just an interesting. <laughs> I'm just kind of still. But there's plenty of hymns and things that talk about, um, like, Lohi comes with clouds descending. Um, yeah. There's a verse that says. I mean, I agree with you. I'm not, like, I'm not disagreeing. Um, talks about his body still having those glorious scars. and Yeah. Um, yeah, but I guess we can, we can go into that yeah. later. But. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the other thing that was that was one thing we talked about a lot when we talked about this in class was the the weirdness of God being above time, mm-hmm. which also I heard this like a different way of saying it, saying that God is above time rather than God is outside of time, because I always phrased it like God is outside of time, and I always like kind of felt like I always imagined it like almost like God looking at a table. Yeah. And the table yeah. is like, there's like a timeline on the table. Mm. And so he's like outside of it. And he can just kind of jump in wherever he wants. And he's like, he sees everything all at one time. But that's not really like totally accurate. And it's much more like God is above time. And like he is, he is wholly like outside of it. Mm-hmm. In, in like in every way that you could possibly imagine. Because even like with my table and like beyond analogy, what we can't imagine. Yeah, exactly. Because even like in my table analogy, it's kind of like, well, he can jump in here and then, temporal word, he can jump in here and he can do it in whatever order he wants to. Mm-hmm. But that still is kind of putting him inside of some kind of time. It also makes him finite. Yeah. Because I, I think I heard somebody explain one time like the name Yahweh, which is I am. Mm-hmm. I am who I, I am that I am. There's also this sense of just he is just being. He he yeah. is not he he is the God who was and or the God who will be. He is. That's right. So his name is just he is. He he exists in all time at the same time. So it's not like he's looking down at a table. Yeah. He's in it and outside of it all mm-hmm. at once in all of it. Because he's infinite, right. which yeah. we can't conceive of because we can only be one place at a time. Yeah, exactly. He so can like, be everywhere, every time, and also outside of time all at once. Right. Yeah. Because like, the weird... This is just another weird thing. I guess this isn't really something to like try and talk about and understand. But like Christ stepping into time. Yeah. There wasn't any... like, Like in terms of God, there was no before Christ was incarnate. For God, because before that, for God would have you can't you can't say that there was a before that. I think I know what you're trying to say. I know. I yeah. It, sorry, I that's, think you've said it poorly. I, okay, I definitely said that really <laughs> poorly. I'm very sorry about that. <laughs> but like, he's like when God does stuff. When God was talking to Moses, when God descended down onto the mountain and gave Moses the Ten Commandments, right? Mm-hmm. 
there is no like before or after that for God because there is no before or after for God. God is above time. Like you can't, you can't say, use saying he experiences it all at once. Yes. Wait, there is a before and after because he made it. There's a before it, and after for he us. He made it. Well, he made it to be a sequence. So it, there is a before and an the after. The sequence is us, though. We, the, yeah. There's only a sequence because there is time and because we can perceive the passage of time and the sequence of events. But in terms yeah. of God, God, God has made the sequence for us to perceive. Mm. But it's not actually like, like there's there isn't, there is no God did this and then He did this. For God, for us, yes, because we're in time, and God does things sequentially in time for us. But for God, God doesn't do an action and then do another action. I think I'd agree with you. I also think we're treading on thin ice here. <laughs> I don't think it's that thin. I, th- I think the words we pick, we need to be careful. I feel like I have been careful. Where do you think I, I haven't been careful? I don't know. I think I just need to think about it. Okay, yeah. Yeah, no, This is. I guess this is a super weird thing. Yeah. That I just, I, I'm weird, and so I think about it a lot. But. I just feel very cautious saying anything about the Trinity. Cause oh, I'm, yeah. No, for sure. <laughs> I've maybe grown too comfortable talking about the Trinity because I just argued about it with my classmates for the past year. So that's that's maybe maybe we can balance each other out a little bit, um, but I don't think I think that that's true. Anyway, so that's another weird it, it, thing. You, I didn't mean to. I make, may agree I with you. I didn't mean to talk about this for this long, <laughs> but that's super interesting. <laughs> yeah, but the idea of God's in, infinitude, right, and then also His condescension mm-hmm. to our level in that. Yeah, and like in His infinitude isn't just his history goes back for infinity and it goes into the future for infinity. His infinitude goes like beyond time. He's no beginning or end. Yeah. Which is the same as saying that he has no before and after. Yes. I think I would agree with you. <laughs> I just, I need to, I yeah. need to sit and think no, about yeah, for sure. what exactly. I, I just, I think way too much about time and weird time stuff. So, <laughs> um, okay. We can talk about it a little bit more and then we got to wrap up. So the next section down here was um, he ascend, he ascended into heaven, which we talked about. He sits on the right on the right hand of the Father, and he shall come again with glory to judge the quick and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. Yes. So that's then talking about the resurrection. So everything up that we've been talking about is stuff that has happened in the past, but then it also looks forward to he will come again. To judge the quick and the dead. Mm-hmm. The quick could also be translated the living and the dead. Right. So he will return. He will judge the living and the dead. We won't get on to eschatology this time. <laughs> Maybe at some other point. Um, but the idea of him coming back and the idea also that he's he's ascended to be with the Father and he sits at his right hand, mm-hmm. uh, which the right hand is the place of predominance. Right. So it doesn't it, mean that God has a right hand. Yeah, it just means it's the place of honor and like the highest respect. Yeah, it's also I, I believe it's also like a sign of authority and power. Oh yeah, to that's sit true. to yeah, sit yeah, on yeah. the king's right. If God is the king of all, and Christ sits at His right hand, mm-hmm. Christ has this power and authority and honor of placement next to the Father, right in this place. And so through that, He's been throned as yeah. king over. That's heaven super and earth interesting as well. because He do, He would have. 
because I mean he is God, so he does have like complete authority like that. But he is also in some way, um, I don't want to say subordinate to the Father, unless he serves the Father. Yeah, he tells us that. Yes, and so he still is like, in some way. See, I, I won't say under the Father because he's, he's not. Sub, he's he's equal, submissive he's, to. Yes. Yeah. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he uses that word of himself. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he does that, but at the same time, so that would be kind of what that chair is. Because mm-hmm. the right hand would have like probably authority yeah. to do a lot of stuff on its own, yeah. but the right hand is still the right hand of the king. It's not the king's throne. Yeah, and you also think of we think we tend to think of submission as like degrading. Yeah, in a sense. But I mean, if you think of it in the sense of submitting yourself to someone else's will, like Christ submitted to the Father's will by suffering and dying. For our sins that that's an act of love at that point mm-hmm. it's also yeah. not necessarily saying christ was not willing to do the things that like he was forced to do them against his will but he's submitting the father has willed this and he's submitting out of love to the father's will and doing the thing but it's, it's this idea of is this relationship of love that takes place in it. Mm-hmm. So we tend to think of, oh, I have to submit to this person. Like, I have to submit to my boss. I don't agree with what he's doing, and he's making me do it, but I must submit and obey. Yeah. Because we're sinful, that's more laborious for us, I feel like. Yeah. Because we want to do our thing, and that person won't let us do it. But in in the union of the Trinity, the submission to the other's will is an act of love. Right. And it's, it's a relational thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's... It's not a negative thing. It's a glorious, wonderful act of love. Yeah. And then, of course, there's this idea of judgment. He's going to come back, and the living and the dead, they'll be judged. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's a lot of parables that talk about the separating of the wheat and the chaff. Right. Or the wheat and the tares. And there'll be a, a separating and a judgment mm-hmm. of both those who are alive and those who are dead will be raised up as well, yeah. and they will be separated. Mm-hmm. And then there will be his kingdom, which shall have no end. It shall go on for eternity. Yeah. And that's that's the promise of the resurrection. Yep. I think it's cool that everybody can agree on those things. And interesting that they can have completely different interpretations of how that plays out. Yeah. Because we, we've talked about eschatology a lot. Yeah, we kind of, yeah. And just the way that, like, we we were raised, but also other people that we've talked to, just how you can read the same things and reach sometimes slightly different, different conclusions or just drastically different yeah. conclusions on what it means. Yep. It's crazy. Totally crazy. Alrighty. Well, I guess we're, we're out of time. Us, yeah. Yep. So next week we'll talk about the Holy Spirit and probably the church, unless we talk the whole time about the Holy Spirit. <laughs> we could. I do have a whole book on the Holy Spirit I also that we have can one. talk about. Over there. Is yours John oh. Owen? I can't see because oh, the know, yours is the the one from that series. Yeah. I have John Owen's The Holy Spirit. Who wrote mine? Uh, Ferguson. We apologize for the neighbor children screaming. Yeah, I don't know I if don't you can know. hear them. I don't know what they're doing. Just crying, being kids. They were they were quiet a minute. Yeah. Ago. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard those kids actually. Yeah, I don't know where they came from. Weird. Okay. Anyway, this is this brings <laughs> us to the end of our time. <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll try to have um, something up on the blog yep. uh, later this week. 
Yep. Again, it's which you can find at the, the cave blogspot dot com. Yep. Or you I don't can, know if I've ever said that. I always forget to do it, and you always do the, <laughs> the ending stuff. Well, that's more my end of the stick, anyway. Right. His is more of the recording side, and I'm yep putting it out and he does the summaries stuff. and and all the the righty stuff because I'm not a very righty person. And also, uh, if you can find us on, uh, we do have a Facebook page and we have an Instagram page. Yep. You can find us there. If you follow us, like us, updates we post. Um, if we, we haven't done it often, but if we share some other something in the middle of the week, you can see that as well. Yep. Um, but also to let you know when a new episode's out, if you're wanting to have another way to find that. Yep. Ask us questions. Yes, please. Give us ideas for podcast episodes. Tell us where we committed heresy yep. so we can get out of heresy yes please <laughs> uh yeah definitely ask us questions about these because i love wrestling with questions about the trinity or and, send us stuff to read jesus and stuff yeah or send us stuff to read and then we can discuss those things the whole point this is it's the cave escape guys we're trying to learn we're trying to extend our knowledge and we need you to help us with that so so yeah so anyway Thank you for listening, and until next week, take care.